Welcome back to Fortitude Live, the podcast. I am your host, Ian the Rhino, and this is episode 8 with Kevin, the Pitbull, Torres. Damn. That, uh, that jingle hit really hard just now. I just found that on YouTube. I hadn't even played it yet. I will take it. I might listen to that when I squat later. Boom. Anyways, guys, welcome back for episode 8. This episode is brought to you by Certified Piedmontese Real Nebraska Beef. You can use code FORTITUDELIVE25 at checkout to get 25% off your order. Their Instagram is at Certified Piedmontese. And if you go there, you can see their other accounts as well. They just opened up a very nice restaurant in Lincoln, Nebraska, where they're based out of. And uh, they opened up a storefront, I believe. And rumor has it that they're considering opening up a gym if it's not underway already. I'm not sure where plans are on that. I know things kind of change where the wind blows these days with the current state of affairs. It is 2021 after all, uh, an extension of 2020 apparently. Um, But you can go check out their website at www.piedmontese.com, browse all their cuts. I'm going to go ahead and tell you it's one of the best, if not the best, steak products out there. Um, the meat is insanely tender. It's super flavorful. Most of the time you have to sacrifice flavor um, with tenderness. And usually usually the tenderness is a result of the marbling of the meat. And that's not the case with the steak. It's just naturally tender, pure protein. So the fat content is extremely no, extremely low. It still works very well with uh, calorie-controlled diets and macro-based diets. You're not going to kill your fat numbers if you um, if you eat one of these steaks, you're just going to hit your protein very easily. And we all know hitting your protein on a macro-based diet or just on any diet is extremely difficult. So please go check them out. You can't really go wrong with whatever cut you buy. Uh, all their cuts are pretty popular. I mean, I'll tell you the picanha is amazing. The bavette is amazing. The skirt steak's amazing. Filet mignon's amazing. Um, the flank steak's amazing. Like you, you, whatever cut you buy, they're all just different shapes of awesomeness. I'll tell you that. So go check them out. Use the code at checkout if you try anything. The ground beef's amazing too. Um, you know, it's it's super supportive of uh, of you know training. Very digestive. Uh, the the protein digests extremely well. Uh, tastes great. You know, it's easy to eat. I can't say enough good things about that product and the people behind them. You know, the cow, the cattle, the beef product is uh, ethically sourced and raised and processed. I just can't say enough good things about them. Anyways, this episode is sick. We had a really, really great time. Marcus and I went out to LA back in, um, back in October to go visit uh, Pitbull and he just opened his rare breed life gym and had an insane turnout. It was a liftoff. We all deadlifted and kind of like a round robin rotation. Um, no, no judges, no standards, no bullshit like that. Uh, of course, we all lifted pretty cleanly. Um, some of us used straps, some didn't. But all in all, it was a badass day. Uh, I hit 765. I think Marcus hit a little over eight. Uh, it was all we could fit on the bar because we were using metals. Uh, Kevin hit 765 as well, I believe, which was insane. The dude is uh, built like a tank. One of the most badass lifters I've seen in the 165 and 181 class. 
and just an overall genuine stand-up dude, one of the realest dudes you'll ever meet. So um, without further ado, check out the episode, enjoy it, share it, subscribe, like it, uh, send it to your friends, post it on Instagram, tag me at Ian the Rhino at Fortitude Sports Performance. Um, you can vis- visit Kevin, Kevin's Instagram at uh, Rare Breed Life and uh, Pitbull Torres as well. So go on there, show him some love as well, tag him in it. Anyways, guys, enjoy the episode. Fucking technology, All shit's right, crazy. <laughs> yeah, they told me not to breed him, <laughs> or not to. Uh, here's here's like he's the one on the he's the bigger one. Oh dang! Yeah. He's How like, much does he weigh? He's pushing a hundred. He's Damn. just coming up on a year. And that's another one from the same breeder. Do those they, ones shed? No, nah, they don't shed. Dang, all the hair he's, doesn't he's shed. He's huge. He doesn't shed. But they said, you know, you don't train the dog to be any more aggressive. You take a dog like that and you put him through some kind of training to be more aggressive, you never know when he's going to flip, you know, because then he starts to associate all these different things in your life. Like, you know, somebody comes up to you they're like, oh, should I be afraid yeah. of that? It's like you yeah. got to count on them to, like, make that call. Yeah. Huh. And if you bring out that instinct in a dog – you know, you might amplify it to a point where you can't control it anymore. So, Pitbull, would you ever get a Pitbull? I mean, yeah, I've, I've had two of them. I've had two of them. I grew up with them. Like, uh, my, it's crazy. My uncle actually even used to, like, fight them, like, back in the day because that was a thing to do, like, in the 90s. Like, okay, sure. He would drive to L.A., and he would tell me about it, and I'd be like, these, I would play with the dogs he was fighting with, yeah. and I'd be like, these, you let these dogs fight? Like, how could you do that, like, you know? super nice? Super nice. I played with them. I'd be in the cage with them, and um. One of one one of them was a fighter. The other one was like a f- family pet, and then there was like a little Chihuahua. And mm. yeah, I grew up playing with, with them my whole life. But you can't do that shit anymore. Oh no, you can't. Uh, it was just one day at my birthday party. They put them all in one cage, and the little Chihuahua ate out of the pit bull's uh, food bowl, and he just freaking locked jawed on his like body. And I like have like visual like like memories of that dog just getting slammed on the pavement, and I like yelled my uncle and then my uncle would like kick his pit bull as hard as he could on the side and it like just let go of the dog and i was just like Did man he, die? he survived but then he died like a few months later that's crazy that's terrible yeah i can't get away with that anymore you can't fight dogs anymore Mm-mm. hell no with youtube and instagram they'd put that on and shit, the feds would mm-hmm. be there probably asap that's fucked up that's yeah. crazy. I bet you have a lot of crazy stories. Like that. Yeah, I have some pretty crazy stories. <laughs> oh, man. So we are here. Um, me and Marcus had the opportunity. We are out here in L.A. And um, and and we uh, we met Kevin. Uh, we're with Kevin Pitbull Torres. And we had the opportunity to come out because Kevin uh, dropped his own brand about a year ago now, right? Yeah, a year ago. Rare Breed Life. And I think that's something that's really cool, you know, having started Fortitude pretty recently myself. And so when uh, I was actually talking with Kelly and she said that she mentioned the grand opening, she was like, yo, come out. And I was like, oh, for sure, that'd be sick. I didn't know if I would have the chance to come out or not at the time because, I mean, we and people doing what we do. It's like you make plans a week in advance because you don't know what yeah, the hell is going to happen seriously. a month later. And so, you know, it was like a week ago and I got back from Texas and I hit Marcus up and he actually wasn't originally going to be able to come out because he had a, a, like a real estate closing or something like a closing. You sold something and, and, uh, and then the lady like canceled that they're supposed to go out to eat. And so it was like Monday or Tuesday. It was like, yo, she canceled. Do you want to go? I was like, yeah. I got a, I got a nice dinner coming up. Hey, <laughs> this go. girl just moved in from Texas and I helped her find a place. So yeah. we got, we got, we got a, a dinner coming up with, uh, you know, 
little little get together so nice. yeah man thanks for having us out the thing yesterday your grand opening was crazy i remember we came out here on friday and we dropped in i'm like man how many people do you think are going to show up to your grand opening and i'm kind of oblivious here <laughs> i know you have a big following but man we showed up yesterday and there was like 300 people watching us deadlift yeah, that was, that yeah. was insane everybody had a bag of of rare breed clothing and mm-hmm. straps and like yeah. hats and everything that was fucking sick you like, must yeah. have sold a lot of product yesterday that was really impressive Did you count it all out yet um, I didn't count out like exactly how much mm. um I like sold and stuff, mm-hmm. but like sales wise, it was good. And yeah, stuff. that's sick, man. That's so cool. The coolest thing I think for us was because like we kind of came into into strength sports and lifting and stuff. Like, I mean, I've been even in CrossFit. It was like very similar times where you'd be at a gym and we do throwdowns and like everybody's hitting big weights and it's just there's a big camaraderie in this like you know sense of it's it's like competitive but in a good way and in a Mm. fun way and everybody's there to just like kick ass and push each other and like that's what i've been doing for i don't know the last 10 years is shit like that and it's like you know you've competed on a pretty high level marcus has competed a pretty high level and you know i have it to an extent and it's like the bigger competitions are are fun and they're intense but it's like I haven't been in, in like a, like kind of just like a, a local gym kind of throwdown yeah. where everybody's hitting big weights in quite a while, you know, obviously because of COVID and lockdowns and stuff. And that was like a, a freaking fun time, you yeah. know, and that was so cool. And like, it's been a while since we've lifted in that environment and, and it kind of made me like, you know, the last five, six months have been a little bit slow in terms of strength training for a lot of athletes, I think, because things have been so quiet. And it kind of reminded me of like, damn, like this is why I got into this shit. Yeah, you know? this is why I love this. this is why. Yeah. I do so, this. so have you? Have you like you know? Tell us a little bit about. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself so the the people listening can kind of if they don't know who you are, they can kind of get an idea of who you are. You maybe talk about like uh, growing up, how you got into things, and um, how you got into training, found training, and found out you were really strong. I know yesterday you were telling us that uh, you were on you were playing football. Yeah, football, football, and your coach had you front squatting a shit ton. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, how'd you how'd you get into all this, man? Um, pretty much. Uh, well, as I said, my name is Kevin Torres. Grew up in Orange County, California, Irvine City, to be exact. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've always a smaller guy, been super short. Um, I had two. I have two older sisters, so I'm the only boy. I'm the baby of the family, okay. and I never had like a, my dad was always working, so I never really had like a, a like a male figure to like push me to do sure. things. You know, mm-hmm. it was just like pretty much raised around girls. But thankfully, mm-hmm. I had my uncles. They were like, yeah. I don't know, like mid twenties, and they were like, oh, to my mom, like he needs to play football and yeah. play football. And so <laughs> I remember my first year of football. Like I didn't football. There's a lot going on. It's eleven people. Yeah. It's like there's a lot of shit going on. You got to know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And I barely knew the game of football. So mm-hmm. my first couple years, I wasn't that good. Mm-hmm. And then I think in my third year, it like clicked. Like I just mm-hmm. got better. And then yeah. it just started. Um, like just working hard towards something. Like I was, I just felt like an underdog my whole life. Like yeah. you're on a team. It's like you do kickball and shit. Like I felt like I was the last one to get picked because like mm-hmm. I was the smallest guy. Mm-hmm. Like nobody wants the smallest guy. Mm-hmm. So when, when you were growing up, like when you were younger, like obviously you're thick as shit now. But like you were you skinnier then? Um, I wasn't skinny. I would just say I was like a husky. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> husky. Like all the Mexican <laughs> food, man. My I remember like buying clothes like. I would buy jeans and shit, and I would be, like, a husky size. And I'd be like, Mom, why do I got to buy the husky pants, man? Like, why can't I buy the straight Levi's, you know? But I was just always, like, kind of thick. I never had, like, a six-pack, nothing. Yeah, like, yeah, I was just, like, sure. thicker but not, mm. like, fat because I was, I was pretty – I was active. Yeah. But, um, yeah, football definitely set the tone for me for lifting. Mm. Like, I, it just gave me that, like – 
all right, I'm smaller, so I need to work harder. Yeah. Like, I'm going to get my ass kicked. So, sure. I'm, like, I tell people I started working out in the fifth grade, mm-hmm. and it just started with push-ups, like, every mm-hmm. night. I was like, I'm going to do uh, 20 push-ups every night, and then every, like, month I said I was going to add, like, 10 reps. Mm-hmm. So, by the end of fifth grade, I was doing, like, 100, 100 sets of push like, 100 uh, reps of push-ups every night, yeah. and then I started doing by crunches. By the end of fifth grade? By the fifth grade. <laughs> Yo, dude, that's so what? funny, because that's, like, when I started yeah. doing shit. Bro, I swear, that's why my chest that's is so, so big. Fun. I'm, yeah. like, just fucking push-ups, bro. Yeah. Like, I just remember doing all that, and just little by little, I just always had, like, no, like I said, no one's ever pushed me. My uncles have, like, they were the ones that would be, like, play football, like, do yeah. this. They were the ones kind of pushing me a little bit, but they had a lot. That was they Ruben had, we met, right? Yeah, yeah. He's a cool dude. Yeah, my Uncle Ruben, my Uncle Rick. Yeah, by the way, sick motorcycle. He had sitting yeah, on the garage. That thing was motorcycle. beautiful. Yeah, he likes his Harleys, man. He <laughs> likes his Harleys. Yeah, that was a nice bike. <laughs> Give him some love for that. Yeah, <laughs> definitely will. Definitely will. Damn so, it. yeah, just, like, football started everything, and then, like, the high school, obviously, like, I didn't really have weights. Like, my mom would never, like, oh, you're too young to lift, you know, but then you get to high school, they have the weights in there, and then, um, I remember my freshman year of football, though, they don't let the freshmen lift. Like, they're yeah. like, oh, you're just doing circuit training, you're not going to lift heavy, and, but I was always doing my own thing, going to LA Fitness, and, mm-hmm. um, I met a powerlifting coach when I was in high school, uh, mm-hmm. Chad Smith, mm-hmm. when I was a junior, mm-hmm. and then... Like, from there, that's what set it off. Like I said, I was front squatting, like, 405 at, like, 17 years old. I was, like, 165 pounds. Hold up, hold up. up. (laughs) You're squatting, front squatting four four plates, basically, at 17, at 165. With a full clean grip, you told us last night. (laughs) I just had the two hands underneath. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I missed that mobility. (laughs) That's insane. So, the first time I front squatted 405, I think I actually, I was, like, 20 or 21, which and it's like it was still good then. Well, four oh five. If you're like two hundred twenty pounds, yeah. it's still good lift for you. Yeah, and and I I think I actually cheated a little bit, and someone had like some shitty knee wraps, and I like <laughs> wrapped my knees to like make give me a little bit of oomph in the bottom, and like everybody was super impressed. Like so like even any like if anyone put. F- four plates on a bar in high school you were like bad shit like i remember i was doing hang cleans with 225 in high school and on the football team like sophomore year and and i was like people were like damn like that like people like i was the dude He's you like know a beast <laughs> yeah yeah so that's sick man like i don't i think i was only squatting like maybe 315 or 350 somewhere around there for ups at that point in time which was still good so that's like you probably got a pretty good bit of like attention and recognition for that right yeah i was definitely like the strongest in my uh mm-hmm. city we did like a lifting competition of the really? city of irvine because there's like mm-hmm. four high schools or something mm-hmm. and we'd all like weight class like mm-hmm. lift and it was just funny everyone always just like because i don't I'm not, i don't have like super big arms mm-hmm. like super big muscle belly sure. so people just don't, don't expect it from me yeah. you know what i'm saying so that's sick. yeah like like i said but learning pretty much like, I felt like, you know, when you're working out, you're not really knowing what you're doing. Like, mm. you're just doing stupid stuff. Like, mm. you're just reading stuff online. But mm. once I met, like, Chad, when I said I was 17, that's when I figured out, like, the kind of like the importance of training. Mm. Like, and tra- more training smart instead of harder. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, that was um, a big, like, my, my, my numbers shoot up a lot from mm. there. How old were you? Or how old are you now? I'm 26. 26. So, this was nine years ago mm-hmm. when you met him. So he was probably like what late twenty. He was probably in the in the. Er, he, was he was like was early. Yeah, right? he was still powerlifting. Yeah. Dude, Chad is a beast. He, uh, 
I remember he showed me his first competition, and he was wearing uh, Nike New Balances, and he was, like, in a high school gym, like, a basketball gym. Yeah. And he squatted, like, I think, like, 881 or something like that in sleeves. <laughs> oh, and, um, and, and Nike New Balances. And, like, <laughs> just mattress shoes. Yeah, I think he pulled, like, close to eight, and I forgot what his bench Jeez. was. But, yeah, he was just he was a, he was a monster. But long story short, he said, let's – um." He said, uh, "Let's. I'm gonna train you for eight weeks." I was like, "Just give me better for football. I don't care. Like, yeah. I'll do this thing." But he said, "I'm gonna train you for eight weeks. We're gonna go to Ohio. I'll, I'll pay for your flight, all that stuff. Compete. And, yeah, compete. He's like, me and you will both compete." And I'm like, "Yeah, sure. Let's do it, man. As long as you train me for football after I do this competition, because my mindset was football. I didn't care about power. <laughs> I didn't even know what powerlifting was. He probably was, had his own agenda to yeah. turn you into a little, little freak. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> for sure, I was his first little prodigy, like 100. percent Like when That's he was, funny. he had his own little gym in Lake yeah. Forest and stuff. Uh-huh. But yeah, so I remember I did that meet. I prepped for eight. Weeks. I never deadlifted too. He said, mm-hmm. "Pick up the bar um, with your feet wide, and then pick it up with your feet close with one thirty-five. Obviously, it both felt easy. But he's like, "What feels like this? Like nat- like easier for you?" Mm-hmm. I'm like, "Sumo. It felt easier because I didn't feel that strain in my back because mm-hmm. it'd be more upright." Yeah, yeah. And I think I'm just stronger because, like I said, front squat. I'm upright, so everything I've been doing Very is quad, more quad dominant. Yeah, so. Um, I stuck with that deadlift for like eight weeks and I ended up pulling 500. Like I never deadlifted in my life and I pulled 500. How old, how old were you when you did your first meet? What? How old were you when you did 17. your first meet? So when you were 17. I did an SPF meet in right Ohio. then at 17. Yeah. Deadlifted 500 pounds. What, what, what were your numbers in that competition? Um, I, dude, I squatted, uh, Chad told me, I said I did 405. Uh, I, saw, I told him I squatted 405. He's like, no way. He like didn't believe me. He's like, all right, in eight weeks, then you should be squatting 550. I was like, with wraps. I was like, you're crazy. Like, I never even put 500 pounds on my back. Like, it's yeah. going to break me. Yeah, it's going to feel like it's going to break you. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, day of the competition, I still remember in training, he had me doing a lot of safety bar training. So I wasn't even squatting like 400. I was probably doing like 365 mm-hmm. for reps. And then, mm-hmm. like, I remember one day we went to the straight bar. He's like, all right, we're going to squat five plates today with wraps. And I, I never even put wraps on. I, remember, I still remember this day, like, Chad wrapping me, like, my knees and just being, all right, oh, this is man. a soft wrap. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, a soft wrap? These are, like, I can't even bend my You're knees. You're walking like a mummy. Yeah. Like, rips the hair out of your skin. Oh, man, dude. <laughs> so, I squatted 565. That was my third attempt. And I Damn. benched, I think it was, like, three, it was, like, 340, but I hit 350, but I did one of those, like, uh, double bounce. Like, when they uh, sell press, when they mm. yell press, and it goes back down, and then uh-huh. goes up. And I locked it out, but yeah. they didn't give yeah, me the lift. Yeah, yeah. And then um, I pulled 500 for my third attempt. And that, this was uh, in Ohio um, at an SPF meet. All, it was all – me and Chad were the only raw lifters. Everybody was wearing gear. Like, no one was lifting raw. And I just like, – I tell Like, multi-ply. Yeah, multi-ply. Like, suits. People squatting 1,000, 1,500. Like, <laughs> I think skinny. Donnie Thompson was there. Like, it was fucking oh – God. There was just – and me – like, me and Chad are just freaking wearing wraps. You know, I was like, what the heck? You were the weirdos back we then. We were the weirdos. Yeah. And this com- – every time I tell people this story, like, I have to tell them this story. Um, Louis Simmons was there. Westside Barbell was there, oh, you know? Oh, shit. And, um, That's sick. I'm in the back. And I had some guy- a few guys from uh, Westside Barbell helped me. I'm trying to remember their names. Like, I think one is his name is Co- Corey Hayes. You guys know who Corey Hayes is? He's I've on, heard like, the name. He's on um, – He's on a on Instagram and Facebook. He's he still lifts and stuff. But there's other few guys that were just. It was nice, bro. Like that's what I'm saying. Powerlifting. Like they were teaching like technique in the back. Like mm-hmm. before I went, like other lifters. Meet, you know what I'm saying? That like, was my first. It was meet too. it was cool. And but long story short, Louis Simmons came up to me after I squatted 565, and uh, I, th- I think after I squatted 565 or after the meet was over, mm-hmm. and he goes, um, 
you're a strong kid. He's like, we need to get you in a suit. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to get hurt. He says, you're going to get hurt. We got to get you in a suit. You're really strong. And I had no idea who he is. Nothing, right? <laughs> so this crazy old man this comes crazy up to old you and man, starts yelling like, at you, you about suits. You know what I'm suits. saying? Just me I need to be in a suit. And the, you know what I tell him? I go, that shit's gay. <laughs> I said, that shit's gay. And he just seriously looked at me and just turned around. And then, like, I don't know, 10, 20 minutes later, I'm like, hey, Chad, see this old man over there? This guy said I need to put a suit on. And he's like. Wait, like the Louis Simmons, like oh the tatted old man, and I was like, yeah. He's like, bro, that's like the legend of fucking power, like of, of gear lifting. You just shit I on don't his know. whole gym, yeah, his whole and, existence. And it was funny because okay. we were at dinner like, oh, with a man. bunch of other like Westside barbell guys. That's um, so great. Who's that? Brian Carroll, I think that's his name. Some. <laughs> I don't know some other big dudes. We were some other mm-hmm. big dudes, and Chad told a story in front of all the other guys, and they were just dying. They're like, "Damn, you told that to Louie? Like anybody else, he probably would have fought him. Like you know what I'm yeah. saying? That guy's intimidating, bro. Yeah. That guy's a uh, you know he, he believes does, what he believes. He's a little bit opinionated. We went up there last yeah. year, like the year before. No, very opinionated. Very I, I think opinionated. I saw the video of um on like I think it was on Steffi's uh, YouTube yeah. or yeah. something. Or, like I think he was talking <laughs> shit on you. Like yeah, you have weak glutes. You're gonna hurt your back. <laughs> and I'm like, he said that to me. And I'm like looking at everybody. I'm like, yo, guys. He looked like, at yo. He looked at Marcus. <laughs> he goes, yeah, it's because he got no ass and hamstrings. Yeah, yeah exactly. I'm like, yo, he totally had no ass. I'm like, I know I'm a good deadlifter. You can't just sit here and tell me I got no ass. Like, take me pants shopping, dude. <laughs> yeah. like, hey, hey, but when but when you were training to hit the 400 kilos, you started doing butt stuff. No, and then like, now, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not. He said I had no ass. Yeah. Like, I had an ass. It just wasn't 400 kilo deadlift ass. Okay. I just had to perfect it a little bit. But he's, I, I don't know, that, that that mindset that he's in is very different. You yeah. know, I, I don't think I would ever want to train in that environment because I think that those guys are just a whole different animal you yeah. know i'm not gonna say that they're good or bad it's just not something i would ever want to do yeah. so the mentality was a little bit is definitely more that that old school it's just that old school through pain, work harder like, if you get hurt there's someone else next like olympic weightlifting spot, it's yeah. all right like that's how they it's like how football yeah. is like you get hurt all right cool they got someone next they don't care yeah like, that's yeah. how the world is kind of yeah. though but it's i mean for powerlifting let's let's be real most people don't make their money from it. Most oh, people don't make hell any, no. Most people don't make any money <laughs> from yeah. it. So if you do it in a dumb way and you Most get people hurt, are spending money to do it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. listen, yeah. that's the truth. 99.9% yeah. of people that go to a powerlifting meet. Mm. Like, listen, I paid my powerlifting meet registration yesterday. Yeah. You know? Cash on the table, like yeah. let's go. But I'm not getting, I'm not getting a free ride to do it. So yeah. if, if I'm going to do it, you got to do it the smartest way possible because I want to walk away the next day mm. and not be injured. Yeah. You know, because those guys train to the point where it's you know. But now yeah. some of these competitions are having money, so that's like mm-hmm. the most uh, motivating mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, yeah, I think I can, you know, not to point fingers at anything, but. I think I see some negative repercussions from the financial incentives yeah. on the table, especially in powerlifting, because Freaking. the truth is about powerlifting, you what it takes to be the best on a consistent basis is probably not the best for your health on a long-term uh-huh. basis. Well, it might not be. It just, it, it, yeah, it's probably like maybe you get a short-term whatever financial reward from it, but it's like is is if there's one thing I know, it's that, you know, Ten grand can go real quick. <laughs> yeah, it's for real. Even yeah, I think the U.S. Open like I don't know a year ago or two, it was like forty thousand dollars, and mm. and it's like at the end of the day, yeah, you're doing it for the money, but really, mm. like we're not. We do it because we love it. Mm-hmm. If we're gonna win forty thousand to be the best, yeah. that's great, and it's it make, icing on the cake, but yeah. it's not what we do it for. And it makes it a little bit easier to like live your life and do it a little bit better. But it's like, 
dude, even 40 grand will go very quick. Very it, it, quick. Especially depending on where you live and like uh -huh. what kind of lifestyle you live in. A lot of people that like get a chunk of change like that, you know, and they're, they're not never used had to, money. Yeah. They blow it all. Yeah. And they're not used to like understanding like, you know, kind of how that saving yeah, and all mm -hmm. that stuff. Yeah. Which is that that's that's pretty. You can't uh, buy your health. Yeah, you can't yeah. buy your health. Can't there buy you go. And if you're not healthy, you're never going to perform again. You're not yeah. going to live a normal life. So I don't know. I don't think it's like a systemic thing, but I think that the, you introduce money into anything and there's going to be some, uh, some type negative, negative incentive structure to, to continuously do that thing at a really high level really yeah. well. Yeah. Unless you have a, you know, just you're like a freak. You're one yeah. of the few that can do it in a really healthy yeah. way. So anyways, we were... We were uh, you 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 left off on your story. You were getting close to uh, your football, like the next steps in your football career and your introduction to powerlifting. What happened after Ohio? Yeah, so after Ohio, um, I competed at that meet, and um, I think my total was like I don't know, almost I think it was like fourteen seventy six or something like that. Mm -hmm. I won sixty five, and at that time in in uh, raps, I was number I was number one in a powerlifting watch at the time. Ranked the whole world. The whole world. Yeah. My very first meet. Even as a 17-year-old. I competed open man. Fuck juniors, dog. I remember <laughs> I did that shit. I was like, I'm not. A, I was like, I remember I should have just so I could have that record because it probably would have never been broken, like the junior record. But <laughs> yeah, you had some attitude as a teenager. Yeah, dog. I just had like that confidence. Like, I'm going to compete with the men, dog. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. fucking juniors well, type stuff. I mean, there's not a lot of 165s out there. Mm. I, I don't even. Who's the current 165 powerlifter? I don't I don't know anybody off the top of my head. I mean, Michael. Yeah, well, I know a lot because Michael I, I was, was doing it for a while and then he got. Yeah, Darun was really good. That's yeah. true. There's a guy I used to compete with. Like he was the only guy I kind of remember. Like when I was at 165, um, uh, Petkov. He's yeah. from uh, like freaking. I, know, I don't know where the hell he from. I know about all from, the like, 165 guys from Michael because he would talk about them all the time. Oh, Darun. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. knew a guy who'd compete in that, way, and he would talk about them all the time. And there, there was like the. Uh, oh yeah, Ross Petkov. Didn't yeah. he win the U.S. He Open won the a couple US years Open. ago? Yeah. yeah. He's, yeah, a, he's, he's a, a freak. Yeah. He pulled like seven pulls something. Like a crazy I think seven forty nine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he has one of those like crazy like wide stance yeah. and like benches super wide and contortionist, um, fucking. like a super low bar. But dog, I don't talk shit. Big people that do that, like yeah. I couldn't do that. I, yeah. My yeah. shit would break. Yeah. I would even. Yeah, we were just talking about that yesterday with yeah. deadlifting. Like I can't pull sumo the same way. Like, to me, that's really hard. Yeah. You know? I don't think that's cheating. I think that whole argument's idiotic. It's 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 like a it's an interesting thing because you have it's all about leverage right and so you know you have all the this argument sumo versus conventional and and it's really like the people who have done it know and they don't comment on it because they know yeah, that's it you it's, just if you've done it you yeah. will shut up the the people who like it, it's usually whenever i get like sh whenever i get crap for it on like instagram or whatever it's usually people that are like don't know shit they're like you know weenies jim jabronis like <laughs> yeah. they don't they don't you know they don't know anything and really what it comes down to is it's you know different body types excel at different kind of movements because it's all about how you're built and leverages and technique and you know a lot of it's like hip mobility and limb length and tor you know in relation to torso length and like i remember when i first learned how to sumo i didn't even learn how i just like saw it and i tried it and my technique was shit but i, st I did my first meet and i pulled a 630 conventional and then like two weeks later i went and i just tried sumo 
and like my feet were internally rotated and like my hips were all funky and like I was arching and everything and had my shoulder blades retracted and like just the worst form ever. And I pulled 660 and I was like, wait a second, this isn't right. And then I like the next week I came back and I think I did it for a double and I was like, okay. And then it was just like a big, Kasuma is like infinitely more technical than conventional mm-hmm. just because it's such an, sometimes unna- I wish I pulled conventional. Cause when you do it, you're just like, keep it close and it yeah, goes up. But yeah. Yeah. And, and there's too many things. Yeah. And so it's like, it, it's definitely a question of if you can get your body in that position or not. Cause most people, it's all about keeping the bar close and keeping mm-hmm. your hips open. If you can get your hips close enough and open to the bar to where the bar doesn't shoot out in front of you and your hips shoot back, if you can like stay close and pull the bar into you as you're pushing your hips in from the start, that's what it's all about. And most people just simply don't have the external rotation in their legs needed to perform an optimal sumo. And it's like, you know, you were saying yesterday that you feel best with your sumo when your hips and your glutes and, and and everything is very loose because you can get that like extra half inch mm-hmm. that determines like if you can wedge yourself in to really like get all that quad activation that you like to get to just and, and you can see it when you lift. It was like when you were at like three, four, five, six plates building up. It's like you would wedge in, get that tension, and it's just like it's like a powerful squat. You just shoot right up. Yeah. And uh, and it's really noticeable. Like you can tell when people are like wedging in and hitting that right position versus when it feels awkward. Because when it feels good and it moves good, it just it moves and the bar just whips right up. Yeah, exactly. But um, but yeah. So did you? So you you know you qualified. You're hit. You're hitting this total. You're you know kind of finding out that you're a pretty good lifter. And it sounds like at this point you're starting to get a little bit more attention for lifting and maybe. Would you say that, like, at that point in time, you're starting to think, okay, well, maybe I have more potential in this versus football and sports? Or yeah, like, for how did sure, that kinda, man. Like, uh, that was probably a I decision did that comp. You yeah, I went back to play football. I did good playing football. Uh, made like first team all league. Uh, mm-hmm. All this stuff for my city and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then um, I remember, like, in my high school, bro, I was crazy. I had like a funny mindset. I was like, either I was gonna, I was like, I'm gonna go to the NFL. If I go to the NFL. I'm going to um, go to UFC, beat people up for a living. And then if I don't do that, I'm going to go to the Marines and kill people. That's legit my mindset, bro, when I was in, like, high school, you know. Fuck yeah. So a- after I, I played junior college at uh, Saddleback College, and um, it was a fun experience, bro. We got to play with, like, people from Florida, like, all over, dog, just all over Cali because they recruit a lot at that junior college I was mm-hmm. at. And um, it was super cool. I met a lot of cool people. Even one of the guys on my team, Nate Rogers, he, he, I played football with him, and he's from, like, Louisiana. Mm-hmm. So um, I met a lot of cool people. But I remember, like, I could never do school, man. Like, even through high school, I was always struggling with school. I didn't care about it. I had mm-hmm. the mindset of, like, I'm going to be so good as long as I have a 2.0, some college is going to get me. Mm-hmm. So I just never cared about school. And then mm-hmm. when I went to college, I was like, all right, you got to do school. Like, there's no other way you're going to go to college. Like, mm-hmm. tap in, do all that stuff. So mm-hmm. – I just could never balance school. I would go to football practice from, like, I don't get out of school around, like, I don't know, one thirty. be at practice from, like, 2 to, like, 6.30. And then after that, I would go home, drive another, like, 25 minutes home. I would shower, eat, and then go to L.A. Fitness and do more lifting. And I wouldn't get home till like, 11.30. And, it's like, and I'm not doing homework. I'm dead, bro. Yeah, I was dead. completely no energy. Yeah. So I only went to college for, like, uh, did I did two semesters, and then I was mm-hmm. just, like, 
kind of just was all like, man, I'm not happy, bro. Like, mm-hmm. I'm driving this little Honda Accord that my mm-hmm. gra- I bought for my grandpa for like 500 bucks. She had like 300,000 miles, like <laughs> old ass little Honda. And I was just like, I like cars. I was like, man, like, I just want some money. Like, I, I, I was like, first, I was like, I'm going to get a real job. And then I was like, first, I'm going to get a job and then go back to school. As soon as I got that job, bro, I never went back to school. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I got a normal nine to five job after I stopped playing. Fo- like, it was so depressing, like, not knowing. I mean, once I quit football, knowing I was never going to play again. I mean, I wasn't going to, it wasn't like I was never going to play. I was like, all right, I'm going to come back. I'm going to go to a different college and, you know, um, like get some money, like be, be more like financial stable. Mm-hmm. Then I'll be able to do it. But once I got, I started getting that first paycheck, you know how it is. Like you never have money, mm-hmm. you get money rolling in. Yeah. And I just like got lost in making money. Mm-hmm. And then, What was your job right out of college? I worked uh, a warehouse job uh, with my uh, my mom's company, just doing pretty much what I did to launch my business, freaking packing and shipping orders. It was a makeup company, and I just worked in the warehouse, $8 an hour, dog. I still remember. $8 an hour. Um, you know, 9 to 5, and then... Um, my friends did security, a bunch of Samoan guys I knew did security, and I'm over here like 165 pounds, 170 pounds, and I'd be like, hey, give me a job, dog. It's $12 an hour just standing. So I remember I went to like- 50% raise, Right? Man. I yeah. was like, I went to some like job interview, and I there's like all big dudes, bro. Everyone's like 200, 300 pounds Samoan guys, you know? And I, I'm walking <laughs> in like all little, and then I just got an interview, and then I'm like, yeah, I know I'm little, but like, I could take care of myself, man. Like, I did wrestling. Like, I, I know I could, like, you know, hold myself accountable <laughs> type stuff. So. scrappy little fuckers yeah, in here exactly. trying to take our job. <laughs> yep. So I did – I worked 9 to 5, and I did securities on the weekend, bro. And I, this whole time I was still, like, doing the, the powerlifting training. Mm-hmm. But I worked at a 9 to 5 job for, like, a year, and that was, like, when I was doing that. I bought my Mustang for $4,000. I saved up. I was, like, super happy. Is that the black car you have now? Yeah, the black car, the little black car I have. So I I bought that car. That made me super happy. I built it up. It was, like, all stock and stuff like Mm. that. So I built that up for, like, a year. And then I was, like, man, like, I'm 20. I think I was, like, 21 or 22. I think Mm -hmm. I was, like, 21. I was, like, 21 at the time. I was, like, man, what am I going to do with my life? I'm getting paid $8 an hour. Like, mm. I'm not really happy. And then this is the time, like, Instagram was, like, really getting big. Okay. And I remember seeing, like, Mike Rashid, C.T. Fletcher, like, all these guys in Long Beach, which are, like, 30 minutes away from me. Mm-hmm. And I was, like, man, like, I could lift – I could I could uh, bench 405. Like, mm-hmm. these guys are 220 benching 405 yeah. or, like, squatting five plates for, like, two, three reps. I'm, like, dude, I squat a 565 at reps at 165. Like, yeah. I could do this. So, pretty much I just had the mindset of, like – I'm gonna I'm gonna try to I, I quit that job and uh-huh. I got a part time job at like LA Fitness. Okay. And I was like, I'm gonna go to do what you like. I was like, I like working out, so I got mm-hmm. a job at the gym. Mm-hmm. Um I sold memberships, I sucked at it, bro. Like <laughs> I actually learned though, like how to I was a sales person, like learned membership. Some skills. Yeah. yeah, I learned some skills in sales. I like sucked and then I ended up get, being really good at it. Mm-hmm. And then after that, that was part time. I was like, All right, now I wanna focus and I, at the time I was doing competitions, but it was never like I was doing good just winning local meets, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like I feel like I just the just having a normal job. It's so hard. Like I, that's why I respect people that have a normal job, and still train. train like freaking uh, like John Hack. He's like an engineer or something like that. Mm-hmm. Has like a normal job, and mm-hmm. then you know he's still you. You too, homie. You're a real estate agent, like you know. And then you go go back to train. There's a lot on your mind. Like from running my business in the beginning, I remember my training. Like not that it took like a dip, but it was just I was more focused on business, and mm-hmm. it's very hard to like balance the two. It's mental because yeah. training takes mental energy oh, too. Man, yeah, like, like talking like, yourself into getting under a bar, a five, six, seven plate. Like it's like that takes mental energy. And, like even now, you know, when I go to train, it's like it's all about priorities and balancing priorities and you almost have to anticipate in the future like if you're going to plan a competition it's like 
experienced people like you have an ex you know an inexperienced athlete might might look at a competition and they just say oh i'm gonna do it and like i'll you know it'll it might i might be busy but i'll do really well and then four weeks in when they're busy and their training isn't going as well it's like they they you know they're like shit why isn't my training going well it's like oh well you didn't anticipate how much all these other factors are going to influence you and so you know maybe a more experienced athlete might think like understand what they have going on in their life leading up to this competition and kind of factor in how that's going to play into their training you know like maybe oh like it's going to be a busy quarter at work or you know maybe there's like three weddings that i have to go to or you know there's all those factors yeah, it's got to be the i think if you really compete at a high level and you're strong enough that the weights are taxing you and your body and your cns mm-hmm. to a, like a legitimately yeah. challenging degree then that competition is going to be probably the biggest focus of your life at that point. Mm. And you have to kind of have the mindset that other things are probably going to fall by the wayside in terms of priorities. Yeah. Like you're going to have to maintain them, you know, like yeah, just but there might not because your brain is going to be in this recovery mode constantly. You're always going to be recovery mode. To, yeah. And that's, I feel like so. my whole life as an athlete, I, I, that's what I fell in love with the process of, uh, like getting better like the process of doing it like how you said like how you got the competitions are fun big meets Mm -hmm. are fun but like the preparation leading up to it is like what i live for like Mm -hmm. i love i mean i love training for something that's why Mm -hmm. i did wrestling in high in in high school and i did football and just me training for something like i feel like oh that's why i say like i liked mmi i want to do ufc Mm because man you're just training for that i liked the wrestling a lot when i did it because i only i played football my whole life and i did Mm -hmm. wrestle and football is a team sport wrestling is an individual sport Mm -hmm. So I never had anyone to blame. It was no, just me. Just like you. sometimes the football, I'm like, man, motherfucker, why do you make that block? Or like, yeah. but wrestling, it's like it was all you yeah. versus another man's yeah. will. So that made me like super like, just like I fell in love with the, the training process of getting better. But yeah. that was all I knew how to do. Like all I knew how to do was work hard. I didn't know how to make. I mean, I hustle, dog. Like there was little side hustles I would do, but nothing like business. Like mm-hmm. it was just like personal training or mm-hmm. like. You know, nothing super crazy and making mm-hmm. big money. I was just getting by, but I was happy because I was doing the training. But mm-hmm. like I said, not till like last year, I was like 25. I remember my mm-hmm. birthday. I was like, man, I'm 25 years old. I'm doing what I'm love. I do. I'm doing what I love, but mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not seeing like no money. I'm still mm-hmm. at home. I don't have like all the stuff I want. Mm-hmm. And I saw like I had to make like a little switch, like focus mm-hmm. all that. And like before I'd wake up in the morning, eat my food, go mm-hmm. train, fucking spend like three hours in the gym. Mm-hmm come home and i'm already like chill mm-hmm. but now uh, the business was all like all right do all my work in the morning mm-hmm. like get everything when i need fresh. to get done when i'm fresh my brain's working good and then i would go work out mm-hmm. and that was like a huge like like it was hard for, for me fun. dog because i would be so tired like i said the beginning of my business i lot i i shipped out everything i did i took it to the post office like you could have the post office go to your to like your house mm-hmm. i was running everything on my uncle's but they come early at like two o'clock. So, but the post office closed at five. So, mm-hmm. I would work all day to get everyone's orders out and drop them off at five o'clock. Go home, eat a meal, and I so, wouldn't start training till like wait eight. Wait a second, hold on. Before we get too far down that <laughs> rabbit hole, you a year ago you launched Rare Breed Life. Like that's that's your business, that's your baby. So let's let's go back a little bit from the time before that. How did you get to the point where you started your own business? Like I want to hear. I love that. I love yeah. that story. And I want to hear, and I want everybody else to hear how you started how'd this you, company. How'd you grow and, and get what your was the audience? Process? So pretty much how I grew, I grew and got my audience. Um, like I said, uh, I met um, Big Boy when I went to Saddleback College, mm-hmm. and when I stopped going to school, uh, I was like going, working at LA Fitness. I saw, he hit me up on Instagram, and he was like with Rich Piana, 
And then oh um, shit yeah. So wow. long story short, Rich Piana found Big Boy on Instagram when Big Boy had like two three hundred followers. Like someone made him an Instagram account and just put like Big Boy's lifts. And uh, Rich Piana found his stuff and said, "Hey, come to my house. Like I want to talk to you." Type stuff. Like you, f- you fit my kind of yeah. Like my niche, but, my brand, yeah. my, my the five percent thing back yeah, in the day. Yeah, five percent. That shit was huge, bro. <laughs> really, that, was huge, that yeah. thing was huge. And um, so I saw that, and I, I talked to Big One. Hey, what's I see you with Rich? Yeah, come work out with me. So I would drive from Irvine to San Clemente like two days out of the week to go like bench with Big Boy because LA Fitness. I was like the strongest guy, so I was like, man, I'm trying to train with stronger people. Mm-hmm. And then. Long story short, he got me sponsored with Rich and stuff. He's like, hey, it's my friend. He benches 405. He's like 165, like all this stuff. So you were so sponsored by 5%? I was sponsored. I was on the 5% team for a, like, uh, a year. That's no so shit. funny. Yeah. And then um, – You were doing like, an eight-hour arm workout? <laughs> <laughs> Hell no, bro. That anthem is so good. If you ever want to have like a fun day in the gym – just the, blast the, the 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 nat. What is it called? The natty anthem. Yeah, the something. natty anthem. The one he plays yeah. during his eight hour arm workout. Ooh, that's so good. Yeah, people. T- <laughs> he's crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah like, little, we play musical chairs to that yeah. once. Yeah. So rich. Yeah, rich was a character, man. He was. He was. He was. He meant good. He, he was like a, a good business guy. He mm. was super good, but just someone just wasn't like a healthy like financially i mean not financially like, just the stable homie like mm-hmm. this healthy like mm-hmm. with you know obviously steroid use but not even just that but like other other drugs you know other mm-hmm. hard drugs and really? stuff like yeah. that maybe he had some vices that he couldn't you know that he that weren't the best thing that he wasn't necessarily as responsible with as he could have been yeah but he was super smart on running his business he was super mm-hmm. good at marketing um that was when i saw the whole youtube stuff i'd go to his house weekly and he'd be editing stuff on youtube I'm like how the hell does he do this like youtube i'm not as bad with at computers rich house. at rich piana's house yeah you know i briefly trained at the same gym as him when he moved to tampa right before he passed he was training at this gym called powerhouse gym mm-hmm. in the middle of tampa and like I saw him there one time, I, and I saw him on Instagram that he moved there, and he was doing all his YouTube stuff there, but, like, I actually saw him in person there, and I had never seen a human being that big in my whole life. Like, he's not a tall guy. He's not no. ver- He's not very tall. He was just, he's like you, but maybe another 80 pounds on you. That's crazy. It just, it comes out in With all With, like, directions. 60 of those pounds in his arms. Yeah. Seriously. His I've arms never seen chest. such big arms in my, tricep, I mean, shoulders, it's freaky. Everything was It was huge. freaky looking. And he, he was a specimen of a dude. Yeah. So that's crazy. I did not know you were part yeah, of so Rich me, Piana's So me and Big team. Boy were making videos for Rich because we were like the powerlifting guys, you know. Mm-hmm. And we were a perfect duo, like a big guy, a little guy, you know. Yeah. Both freaking Mexican. <laughs> like it was perfect duo, both padded and stuff. Yeah. And um, what's it called? I remember he started sponsoring a lot of bodybuilders, and then he did. A, he started doing a lot of like videos with them, and they'd be using like Rich had like fake forty-five pound plates, bro. Like, and they'd be bent rowing like four hundred five, like five plates. Really, and me, me and Big would be mad. We'd be like, bro, we do this shit for real. Like, why, <laughs> why are you guys like we? We never use these fake weights, yeah. and you got these bodybuilders doing it. So, um, yeah. So we just kind of it wasn't like my. I remember being like, man, it's not really like my stilo. Like, I don't really like this like what this brand's about you know what i'm yeah. saying and then big boy wanted to start that strength cartel and he he wanted to start his own brand and pretty much he started he told rich he was going to start his own brand rich said it was cool but then once rich saw people wearing it it was like a threat and he was all like oh yeah. you're conflicting my business now and like bro big boy only ha- didn't even have like followers like that like on the strength cartel like it was nothing he was even making money probably but rich saw that 
kicked him off the team like through a text and stuff like that and big boy told me hey bro you did rich talk to you i'm like no man he's like, oh this fool kicked me off the team um you know because i started my own brand he's like you could be you couldn't he's like he's like i'm gonna do my own thing but i, I would love to have you but if you know we want to stay part of five percent i totally understand it's a way bigger uh brand like you could still grow because they had like rich had like a million youtube subscribers they had a pretty cult Damn, following really? yeah he had a million youtube yeah. cult a, following back then that was back what, 15, then 2015 yeah, yeah 2015 yeah like still a million subs. <laughs> I still see people at Expo. People still see that. me. Like I have fans who are like, bro, I remember, I've been following you since Rich Piana days. Like they bring <laughs> up the videos I used to do with Rich. Like, bro, we used to do crazy stuff. Like this, like the Rich would be like, oh yeah, let's do a video, 11 p.m. Um, Hollywood. Um, we'd be like, what the heck? Like, just super late. We just do random stuff. I remember like hitting like a 700 pound. Uh, no, I think it was like five eight. I think it was like 600 at the time. I had like a 600 pound deadlift at like 12 o'clock, like just because it was like a Where? super random midnight at Scott Mendelson Gym at, in Hollywood. Do you know who Scott Mendelson is? Bro? Uh, yeah, yeah. You know Scott Mendelson? Yeah. Oh man, he's a character. He's a he's a a, a, a shirt bencher. Like, mm-hmm. He's one of the best shirt okay. benchers or something. Has like a thousand. The first guy to bench like a yeah. thousand raw or something. Mm-hmm. And I'm not raw, but in a shirt. Right in a shirt. But yeah, pretty much the whole Rich Piana really helped me grow that following. Um, I started, and so when Big Boy says like, "Nah, man, I want to be a, p- a part of Shirt Cartel," that's like you know. That's more me, my steel. You like to lift heavy. I like to lift heavy. It was just like you and Marcus. Like you guys yeah. are just boys. We just like yeah. to lift heavy. Sure. I remember the crowd. So I did that for like three to four years. Just really grew it. And then I was just like, man, like I, I was just seeing like all the 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 day in day out stuff that goes mm-hmm. into running a business and mm-hmm. a brand. And um, I felt like, I, like when we do videos, I wouldn't be talking that much because mm-hmm. like it's not my brand. It's sure. Big Boy, so he'd be the one talking more and. Um, I just always felt like I wanted to do my own thing, but I never had, like, someone telling me, like, you could do it. You could do it. I actually, like, two, three years later, people would tell me, like, oh, how much are you getting paid? Or, like, how much you're, you know, I was like, oh, never worry about it. I'm just, I'm just having fun. I'm just lifting, yeah, you know? Sure. And then, um, I, like I said, once I hit, like, 25 and I was, like, four years on Strength Cartel, I was just, was like, man, it's been four years. Like, where have I gone in four years? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm still broke. I'm still living at home. Um, like what's the next, mm-hmm. I'm still, I'm lifting, I'm like mm-hmm. getting strong, like a little stronger, like mm-hmm. little by little, but mm-hmm. what's that next step? And yeah. I felt like I've been working hard for so long. I've been very successful, like with lifting at a young mm-hmm. age, but something has been holding me back, like mm-hmm. for strength or bits, a lot of things been holding me back. So mm-hmm. I was like, man, I think I just need to take this like venture on my own. Cause I'm mm-hmm. the type of person, like I said, I was a team sport guy. Mm-hmm. I'm all about team sports, mm-hmm. but I'm very like uh individual. Like mm-hmm. I, if I like to be bl- like, I don't like to, mm-hmm. uh, to blame other people for my yeah. mistakes. I like to be like, no, I messed up because that yeah. was me. So. Or be relying on other yeah, people. Yeah, relying on other people or like mm-hmm. have it in other people's hands. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I was like, I just took it all. And um, I told Big Boy I wanted to start my own brand. And mm-hmm. yeah, and from then he was just like, all right. And so it was like a little, we kind of, a lot of like, uh, kind of had like a little like, he, like, not mad or anything, but like he was mm-hmm. just like, all right, man, like this is a like kind of like a conflict of business too, mm-hmm. kind of like sure. how Rich told him, yeah, it's sure. a business world. So, sure. um, he told me that, and I was like, yeah, no worries, like I understand. Uh, mm-hmm. Thanks for helping me out. Yeah. And from then, I just started posting my YouTube videos, mm-hmm. and they started going started, up. A you just started introducing your brand. Started introducing my brand, and just mm-hmm. started doing more stuff I like. Like mm-hmm. at the end of the day, sounds like it really unleashed your own creative potential. You're just like, whoa, I can do all this yeah, stuff. Because like, yeah. then you're responsible for your own success. You're like, man, I'm gonna do all this cool stuff that's been mm-hmm. on my mind. Exactly, I'm gonna do all like. What were like the main thing? Like when when you when you were like, all right, I'm doing it, and you would kind of went through that transition and you sat there and you have this like horizon and you're like, I could be doing all these things. 
did you th- did you like sit down and just dis- and maybe like brainstorm or think about it and, and decide like all right I'm gonna start marketing it and talking about it on these three like, did you have a process or was it a little was it more or less organized I feel like or? I have a good like um uh, what is it called like how they say like manifest like your de- I have a good like a magic, vision like vision I have mm-hmm. a good vision of what I want and like say like even the whole weight loss thing I did mm-hmm. with my buddy Mookie mm-hmm. like that was a vision like I just been I had a vision I was like. Man, I could just see us weighing in once a week, you losing weight, and people are just, like, um, following on this mm-hmm. journey because it's so raw and organic. So, it's not so, like, oh, I'm a professional yeah. uh, weight loss specialist, <laughs> uh, biggest loser. Yeah. Um, this is Mookie, whatever. Like, it was just raw. He's yeah. my friend. I'm no weight loss specialist. Uh-huh. Like I said, I just made him. He was probably eating a shitload of fast food snacks. So who who is it for everybody listening? Who is he and what, oh, how Mookie, did that come my about? Oh, Mookie. Mookie. Yeah. Um, I've known him since, like, elementary school. We went to the same middle school, high okay. school. We wrestled together. So local buddy. Local buddy. And um, he's just been overweight his whole life. Like, mm-hmm. seriously, I think he said he was over 200 pounds in, like, the third grade. Oh, wow. So, like, he was just a big boy. Is his family overweight? Or? It's funny. No, his family's not overweight. Weird. They're all, like, normal-sized people. Uh-huh. But, like, Mookie's not, like, a, just a – you know how you see those fat, like um, – I don't know. Like, uh, you see fat people. I and mean, you can tell, like – I could tell, like, how, like uh, – I don't know how to say it. like how not manly you are, but like, mm-hmm. like you know, people's hands. Yeah, like, you, you don't can... see a short, you don't see a big ass guy with little hands. Like uh, it's yeah, just yeah. weird. Yeah. So same for Mookie. He's like pretty short. I think he's like five, six mm-hmm. or something like that. Mm-hmm. But his hands and feet mm-hmm. are like girthy. They're mm-hmm. like big. He has big <laughs> paws. You know what I'm saying? So like, <laughs> like I just feel like he's meant to be a big dude, but obviously not unhealthy yeah. big. Like maybe he's, he's built a little bit more like solid, like in terms of like his skeleton and his joints exactly. and his hands and like. Yeah, I, I I know what you're saying. Like, some people are built a little more frail and fragile in terms of their skeleton. Like, for me, I have pretty little wrist, and I mm. got pretty little ankles. Like, mm. that, that's just the way I'm yeah. built. No matter how yeah. thick I get, my ankles and wrists aren't going to mm. grow. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, so. you, you look at Ed Cohn, and you look at, like, his hands. Exactly. And like yeah. Biggest and, hands on the planet. Yeah, yeah, and as an athlete, I would look at, like, playing res- uh, wrestling uh, and football. I would look at a lot of people's calves, too. I can tell mm-hmm. on your athleticism, on your calves and your ankles. Yeah. And that just like goes a, a long way, uh-huh. but yeah, my buddy Mookie, I did a like I said, I I didn't I had it's had a vision, and mm-hmm. I was just like I already have um, a little people following mm-hmm. all the little people out there because I'm yeah. short. I got a good uh, Latino community. <laughs> yeah. Powerlifting is big. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, how can I hit a new market? You have all like, these demographics that you're hitting, and so yeah, and so your friend, you, he was pretty overweight. He right? was four fifty, dog. Holy but shit. hold on, last night we were sitting there with Mookie. Yeah. We were sitting there with you, and he's telling us this story, and then all of a sudden he starts busting. Out these videos of him at 450 pounds <laughs> squatting and deadlifting four plates yes <laughs> like he was he was really overweight at that point but even he was though still he, working out a he little was bit. still he has videos of him squatting four plates he was still exercising that was the craziest part yeah. of the story from when you started with him that mm. he was like he was kind of athletic at that no, point. that's what i'm trying to say mookie yeah. was so athletic and f- i remember freshman football i would see him run and i'd be like holy shit that guy's fat but he's moving <laughs> like, <laughs> like, he, he would tell the coach bro coach put me at running back please like put me at running back. <laughs> oh, yeah. he was li- he was always athletic he played basketball his whole life he was yeah. super athletic and he bro mookie's a meathead bro like i remember um he's a grade older than me so i remember like an uh, seventh grade he was an eighth grader he's like hey how much do you bench and i'm like uh at the time i did a football camp like and i, I remember my my, dude, my very first time bench pressing i never touched a barbell like i said i did push-ups in fifth and sixth grade but the seventh grade i touched a barbell mm-hmm. and i the coaches was like all right we're gonna lift for two months you're gonna max out the first day 
and um, we'll we're going to test it again at the end of the training cycle. I benched 130 like my very first time, and I was like 125 pounds, so that was yeah. pretty good. And then at the end of that training cycle, and like it wasn't no good training. They were just like, all right, go around the gym in like a circle, like you know, <laughs> just, just, a big just hit circuit, everything, yeah. and just a big circuit. And then from 130. I went to hitting like 155, and I was like, man, like I, I was when I started falling in love with yeah, that. You're hooked. I was sick. hooked on that. Yeah. And but Mookie was such a big meathead, like he's always. I remember I had to go to another old upper grader's house to show him I could mm. bench 155 because they didn't believe me. They're yeah. like, you can't bench it. You can't yeah. bench that. I'm like, no, I could do it. Yeah. And then in eighth grade, I was already hitting like 185 and stuff like that. But yeah, Mookie's just a big. He was big meathead, and he was just overweight. And so yeah. when he would want to lose weight, he'd go back to what he knew: lifting yeah. weights. You uh -huh. can't be lifting weights at 400 pounds, yeah. 50 pounds. Like it's a lot. You it's need to just be moving. Yeah. You're putting so much pressure wow. on your joints. Yeah. So long story short, I just said, hey, you're going to do what I tell you to do. Yeah. Um, we're going to make these workouts. And, and he was down for it. Down for it. I, but I told him, you have to put yourself on social media. He had yeah. 300 followers on Instagram. Yeah. and uh, He's got about 20,000 now. Dude, he grew 3,024 hours. So after, he, put, he put a shirtless picture. Hey, I'm going to start my journey. Follow the YouTube uh, journey of Pitbull Torres. Pe that's, and that just, I think, he, he, like I said, he had 300 followers. Yeah. And that post, he had like 300 comments. Wow. And like, he was like, let's fucking go. Let's go. I'm going to be there to support you. And yeah. his confidence level was so low. He wouldn't mm -hmm. even look into the camera. He wouldn't yeah. speak. Yeah. Now this fool won't shut up. He loves the camera, bro. <laughs> like, I'll be teasing him. I'll be like, man, like, I'm going to bring the camera out. And then you're going to start working harder. Because when the camera's <laughs> out, he's he's grinding. You know so, what I'm saying? So he, he obviously liked to train. He was athletic. And you've had this big background training. But it sounds to me like it was primarily a nutritional thing that was holding him back. Yes, very so, nutritional. So what? What? How, he had to I mean he get a shit ton of calories, and you obviously had to be like, "Yo, you can't eat that much. Eat this right. Eat this amount." So can you go into that a little? So bit? pretty much how how I tell him, and like I tell people for like mm -hmm. whatever weight loss, if you're super unhealthy, like you're eating whatever five six thousand calories seven thousand calories habitually because you go to fast food at this time and you do this at this time and you eat all these foods high fat whatever yeah exactly mm -hmm. and so i told him like bro it's, there's no there's no rocket science to this like yeah. all you have to do is eat fewer calories yeah. if you just go down to six thousand you do that for a few weeks you're gonna yeah. lose weight yeah if you were like, eating if you were maintaining 450 to seven thousand yeah do a thousand less and you'll get to like 420 or 400 no, exactly and so that's what i told him and I, I told him it's gonna be uh I was like it's a it's a learning process. I was yeah. like you're gonna learn how to just you need to learn how to eat real food. I remember mm -hmm. when I would train with bodybuilder guys when I was younger, chicken breast, uh, rice, fish, and I'd be like they're bullshitting. Like what else is there? Like mm -hmm. how are they so swollen and lean? Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, it's just food. Yeah. And so pretty much I just told them whole foods. I was like eat what you like. I was like I could eat my scrambled eggs with uh onion and bell pepper all day like mm. I, it doesn't i'm a machine it doesn't yeah. bother me but for you if you want to put spices put some vegetables in it make uh -huh. it a little bit better go yeah. for it do uh -huh. what do what works for you like mm. they say the best diet is the diet that you can follow yeah so yeah. do because you're going to be doing this for a while it's a so lifestyle it's be, change yeah. so he do, he's just so like i've told him like the biggest thing how you'll never like go home buy i mean go to the store buy mm. your food yeah. make it at home there's mm -hmm. There's no secret. Like, just by doing you just that, doing that, you're yeah, gonna lose weight. You're gonna cut out like two, three thousand calories because the amount of oil and the amount of fats that go into like food that's cooked out at restaurants because they want to make it more palatable for you, so you keep going back there and eating it because it tastes good. And it's like when you buy food and you cook food at home, maybe it like a lot of the reason why f you may think that food you cook doesn't taste as good is because you're not throwing fifty <laughs> grams of fat with yeah. the butter in it, you know, and that's why it's less calories. 
Yeah, you exactly. Know? So he was losing like seven pounds, five, five pounds a weekly in the beginning, yeah. like easy. Wow. He he was holding on so much water. He had um that skin condition where you can't grow your hair no more because oh, wow. his fucking his mm-hmm. he had so much swollen. He was mm-hmm. getting uh lumbar punctures in his spine every mm-hmm. month because you know when people are overweight and have like that bump on their back. Yep. That bump was like six inches, dog. Wow. Like it was, it was very like sad to even see. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he's just on, dude. He's two seventy eight right now. Uh-huh. Um, he's kind of like taking a little like, like a. I feel like a not a plateau, but like mm-hmm. yeah, a little plateau. Like he not even plateau. I feel like he's comfortable at where he's at right now, mm-hmm. and he's at like he's been at two eighty five, two ninety for a, a mm-hmm. long time. Mm-hmm. But he's been doing more f- um, strength training, mm-hmm. like a lot, like. And he's gotten stronger, but mm-hmm. I told him, like, dude, your your goal's not done yet. Like, mm-hmm. let's get back on that goal and mm-hmm. get you down to mm-hmm. where you really want to get. Mm-hmm. And I told him, he told me that you to get that skin surgery removal. You got to be two thirty. So oh, we just started another YouTube uh, like uh, like series of being like new goal. Our, ne- our next goal is 230, and yeah. then the next time you see Mookie, he gets on 230, he's going to get that skin removal because mm-hmm. that's going to change his whole life. I want yeah. him to get it so bad because this is like – Dude, he's never he like that extra. He probably has alone like twenty pounds of skin on him just yeah, right now. Yeah, for sure. Like maybe for even sure. more. So yeah. that's the next goal with him. And like I said, I just had a little vision of doing that. But mm-hmm. I like just mixing my brand of doing what the stuff I like. Like mm-hmm. I like I see myself as a kind of like an outcast. Like like I, so that's why I like the name rare breed. Like mm-hmm. I I like going against the grain. I don't mm-hmm. like following the crowd. Mm-hmm. And I just I have that like a. Like, I don't know. It's like a chip on my shoulder. I, sure. I, I like that I'm not like everybody else. That's mm-hmm. my biggest fear. I think so there's a quote. It says, my biggest fear is, like, being like everybody else. Mm-hmm. Like, I just want to be different. But that's just. You just do your own thing. And if people like it, then they like it. And if they don't, bro. then they that's don't. Like, yeah. I, that's why I, I post all my car stuff I want because I love cars. I post yeah. the lifting. Like, yeah. I just post the stuff I want. Yeah. And if people like it and they want to join it, man, so be it. Let's go. Let's, yeah. make, let's make this a little journey. Yeah. yeah. That's and so dude, cool. And, judging by your turnout yesterday, it yeah. seems like that's struck a chord with a lot of people yeah. here i mean the fitness world's full of a lot of fake. the same <laughs> yeah. i mean yeah you could yeah, say and fake the and there's a lot of other words you could use for it but it's cool to see i mean we've had the opportunity i've had the opportunity to meet a lot of really genuine people mm-hmm. and you can see the ones that are full of shit and the ones that aren't <laughs> yeah. it's cool to meet the ones that are genuine you're like yeah this is what we got going on you know the people that want to be a part of it they can jump on they can join you can be here if you don't want to like there's plenty of other people you could attach your name and your yeah. beliefs to because the world's too small it's too short especially if you're a guy that's in business for himself like the only thing keeping you from fitting in with that crowd is everything you do to differentiate yourself and that's going to be how you run your business the mm-hmm. type of morals you hold yeah. your ethics your system of values mm-hmm. how you treat other people and how you respect other people mm-hmm. and like no matter what you can't outrun that kind of behavior. There's a lot of bad people out there in business for themselves that, that will be successful for a short period of time, but they won't outrun that. Yeah. And it's cool to see that you kind of differentiated yourself in a way that's really meaningful. Well, and the cool thing is to just to add to that is that it's like, I think more, I think you people, it's very easy to fall into the trap of thinking like, okay, what, quote unquote does really well and what do people want to see more of and it's almost like if you do that you're basically entering like a cookie cutter mold of like that stereotypical like oh this is you know like what maybe does really well but it's like when you do that you're just making yourself like everything else and so by default it's like maybe it does well or maybe people just lose sight of what makes you unique yeah. and you lose a lot of your genuine following 
whereas if you just do your own thing and do you know and it's unique not only is it more sustainable for you because it comes natural and it's what you're passionate about and people can see that but you're also standing out because you're standing out from the cookie cutter mold and you're always going to have those unique people that identify with your thing and what you're doing as long as you're being genuine to you like you know, there's a lot of other people that are probably like you too, that like the same things that you do. And if you're being yourself, then you're going to capture that unique audience. Yeah. And that's the thing, bro. Like being genuine is, uh, it goes a long way, man. Yeah. Like just being real. Yeah. And uh, I think like there's said, a market for it. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Like just treating people right. Cause like, don't get me wrong. Like yesterday, there's a lot of people asking me for pictures and sometimes I want to be like, fuck, leave me alone, you know? Mm -hmm. But those people look up to and you have to like give them that good per first expression uh, expression that, you know, they might be waiting years to meet you. And that one mm -hmm. time they meet you, you might be a little bit rude, mm -hmm. something like that. So it just goes a long way. And I just see it being genuine and just doing good. Like, um, I, I just see it as like, um, I mean, I've trained a lot of kids that haven't had enough money to train. And I was that kid. So I trained a lot of kids for free. Like there's another kid on my team. He's not he's not really around that much because he's an eight, he's in eighth grade and you know he's having a car he's having you know family but he's this big Simone kid he was super overweight too I trained him when he was eleven um, this guy's a beast he's he was he's eleven years old he was three hundred and fifteen pounds oh man size uh sixteen shoe what? and he's like six one uh, uh no he was six he was five eleven at eleven years old and you know how they say lifting stunts your growth I I didn't make him like he was doing barbell but he was doing like uh goblet squats uh yeah. just like basic lifting you know because yeah. his knees were so bad he could even track so i had to make him do like a lot of box squat like goblet box dude, squat he was probably like a f four month old great dane that like <laughs> bro sheer, dude that's Shit. what he he still almost liked i'm like you're fucking goofy t like tying up your body because <laughs> he's now he's like six three Wobbly. like 300 pounds solid but he got down to 240 and um like I said, he didn't have money to train, and his parents told me. I'm like, you know what? It's okay. I, I like this kid. He works hard. He's yeah. passionate. Like, as long as he shows up and doesn't, like, freaking talk back and just works hard, like, I don't mind training him. Dude, if people work hard, I have all the time in the day. Oh, all the time in the day for him. So, little stuff like that, and like, obviously helping Mookie. Mookie's my friend, so, like, mm -hmm. me doing that for him, it wasn't like, yeah, I changed his life, but I don't know. I just don't – I mean, yeah, I changed his life, but I don't need that pat on the back. But, yeah. like, I have – Dude, that sauna I have in my gym, that was a gift from me. That's like a $10,000 sauna. And just because the guy said, you're a real genuine dude, Pitt, I want to give this to you. Like, I know good things are going to come back to me after I give it to you because I see how well, like, people can just see how genuine I am just through, like, me helping my friend Mookie. And like I said, it's just raw. I'm not, like, fake about it. Like, let's go. Um, you I'm didn't hard commercialize on it. it. You're not like, hey, I'm helping my friend buy my weight loss program. Exactly. It's just like, no, this is something. I didn't make the I weight loss do. program until, like, a year later. Like, I was just like, man, I'm been so busy. Like, all right, let's just, let's just make one because so many people are asking, what's Mookie doing? I'm like, you know what? Let's write what Mookie's doing. But, yeah, I wasn't like, is all that, right. Is that a program people could buy? Yeah. It's okay. a 12-week program you okay. can buy on my website and okay, stuff cool. like that. That's sweet. I mean, like, every time. Because I remember you posting Mookie for, like, yeah. the past like yeah, over yeah. a year, and it was sweet yesterday. He's lifting in front of me. That lift, he like pulled five hundred. Yeah, yeah, he four ninety five. That was a huge PR for him. He yeah, has, he did it. He like, was confident as a motherfucker. Yeah, man. bro. And you heard when he got on the Della platform, everybody was like, "Mookie, yeah, yeah. Guys, yo, he, he had the most hype. He had the most hype. He had. I mean, listen, we we topped off that day. All three of us yeah. lifting some pretty heavy weights, and he still got more applause than all of us. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> like man. I had some friends that were commenting on my videos I put up. They're like, "Man, people weren't really cheering for you guys." yesterday but 
they were cheering for Mookie. Yeah, it's because <laughs> it's relatable, and that's yeah, how I yeah. knew that my vision of it, it was relatable. Because people see us, they're like, oh, you're jacked. You're, it's easy for you. Yeah. But when they see someone that was freaking in like 450 pounds, the worst you could possibly be, and then a year later, just completely different person. His, his Dude, he looked like he was – like his face looked like he was dying. It was very yeah. black. Like yeah. no yeah. – now it's like glowing. Yeah, like yeah he's just like a normal just dude. looks like a normal dude. But before, like you'll see pictures. Tired and eyes. And tired eyes, like just always tired. Probably had sleep apnea. Dude, he did. Oh, he did. He did. He he was, we were talking about it last night. Yeah, we were talking about it last night. He had a sleep in his chair. Um, He bought a sleep number bed for like – he told me – yeah, I bought this bed, Pitt. You should buy it, man. It's four thousand. It's a nice bed. You can make payments on it. It was four thousand, but like I'm just only paying a couple hundred bucks a month. I'm like four thousand, <laughs> homie. That's as much I pay for my Mustang. I was like, that's a lot. And then he would tell me like, man, I'm so sad. Like I can't even sleep in my bed. Like that I bought, I have to sleep in my computer chair because when I sleep in my bed, even with like the belt, the bed tilted up, he would still breathing. like stop breathing. So, yeah, man, it was just a huge change for him. But yeah, man, like that's how obviously like. Like I said, it just showed. I think that made that showed people that didn't know me from Shrink Cartel. It showed like how like the real person I am. Because yeah. I've always been that person, yeah. but I was never able to show it through Shrink Cartel because it wasn't my brand. I wasn't, I wasn't marketing like, hey, I'm. Well, when you're person. on your own, you get the opportunity to express yourself. Because then I know from starting my businesses, you're directly responsible for your own success. You're like your mind goes into a, a place where you're like, okay, I'm going to do this. And this is something I want to express. I'm going to make this video. I'm going to make this post. I'm going to do this grand opening, build this facility. Cause it's like, that's raw. That's what you want to do. Exactly. If you're doing it for somebody else, there's a huge disincentive structure, you know, uh-huh. no matter what, if you're working for somebody else's business, I think that there's always going to be that kind of disincentive structure where you're, you know, if you're of the entrepreneurial mindset, if you're a business person kind of in the waiting, you, you might not want to express all of these ideas because you realize hmm, that's so true. That's how it was. This isn't my thing. You know, you don't have ownership. And, you know, that's a big part of being successful is like commanding your life and doing things and taking action and purposefully creating things because all of this stuff that you're doing i mean looking at the t-shirts on the walls and the facility outside and mookie's videos and all of your training it's like you're just a creator yeah 100%. like you created a service and a, and a brand and that brand is an idea and you embody the idea and all of your success is going to come out of you expressing this kind of ambiguous thing inside of you yeah so it's like people ask me, I mean, I've, I've, I think I've asked, I think Ian asked me the other day or you asked me like, oh, so what's like next for a rare breed or what do you, yeah, what's yeah, the goals yeah. and all that stuff? Mm-hmm. And obviously it's, it's build the brand, but at the end of the day, it's like, um, just do I, you, just do me, man. At the end of the day, like I'm just doing what I love. I love lifting. I love helping others. Like that's my biggest thing too with like, um, I don't know, like eh, powerlifting, bodybuilding has a lot, but I love teaching people how to lift properly because then they yeah. could pass that on like my yeah. like mookie it's so funny like even my, even my buddy nate they they all had they had no technique now they're like correct like hey do you see those guys knees they look like he could be pushing them out more or like uh <laughs> you see when that, that person's arching their back too much when they squat did you see that? i'm like man you guys are like they're critiquers they're like little now coaches. they're like little yeah. coaches now yeah. because they're they've been i taught them that and now they know that and i just mm-hmm. think it's so cool because like i feel like i was passed that down from like chad and other great yeah. lifters i've been around it's 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 a it's almost like a tool it's like you're giving people this like skill 
this ability to be able to help themselves. And that skill can even bring their confidence out. Yeah. Like I even have another um, buddy of mine. His name's Kevin. He owns um, the restaurants business and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And he's been helping me around with my brand. It's like little things. And he and I was like, yeah, bro, I'll just I'll train you. Like, don't even worry about it. Like, if you're in here working hard, I'll, I'll help you out, you know. Yeah. And um, fool couldn't even deadlift like 135 pounds without like look like nasty for him. Yeah. It was just bad. He bad. sits on a computer. Think how tight he is. Yeah. Like his hamstrings, yeah. his shoulders, everything yeah. was so bad. Mm-hmm. And his confidence level, like we used to work out and then he would set up his like corner like mm-hmm. in like away, from, away from everybody. Now this guy's all like talking shit. Like, you know, his <laughs> confidence level, like even my friends, they tell me like, man, Kevin's like such a different person now. Like his kind of like, yeah. and it's all from li- this yeah. giving the, the people the right tools to lift yeah. and just how much lifting can make people yeah. confident, bro. Yeah. That's like the best thing yeah. ever. It empowers them. And, and that's, that's one of the things I've noticed, you know, working people, working with people and, and, you know, with some of the stuff I've been doing with Fortitude is, you know, I've had athletes and, and they start out and they just, they, they, they're not they're they're not confident. They don't you know they don't even want to get in front of a camera. Mm-hmm. They don't want to talk. They don't want to they don't want to be vulnerable. They don't want to you know they just they their self esteem is just very low. And then and then once they once you give them that little bit once you empower them and give them that little bit of like they worked for something and they got it and they saw that they were able to do it. It's like it's almost like a, a switch flips mm-hmm. and it's like it, it's like you're giving someone a little bit of something and then it's like it's it's the process it's the thing that happened to us when we were like 12 or 13 and and you you know you did you started out doing push-ups and then you found out you could do a little bit more and you found out you could do a little bit more and you started like biting off a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more and it just builds into this thing and, and and it's so empowering and it's one of the hugest things that i think that someone can can get because a lot of people have a, a strong victim mentality these days mm-hmm. and and teaching someone that they are responsible for their progress and you know like you said when you went into when you went into wrestling and you know you didn't have to blame you know there was other people it was just there weren't other people you know that you were relying on it was you you know and you if if you didn't do well it was on you mm-hmm. it's like you're teaching people that that their their results are correlate with their effort and then once they see that and they understand it and it's like you can tell someone that and they're not going to understand it but once they experience it it's the same thing but it clicks with them and they understand it and it seeing how it how the work they put in translates to the the output and the result they get it it reinforces itself and then it builds and then it snowballs. And then once that person has accomplished that thing, it's like they, they have that for life and nobody else can take can that take away from away. them. Yeah. Yeah. That's the best thing. The best feeling right there. I think like the, I think about it like so many people don't have confidence. I have mm-hmm. so many friends that don't have confidence mm-hmm. and it's all the ones that don't, lift like yeah. if you're not working out like how are you yeah. gonna feel good about yourself yeah. you can make all the money in the mm-hmm. world but you're still gonna be miserable if yeah. you look in the mirror and you're just like not happy with yeah. yourself so i think that's just like the coolest thing like i i, I get away from helping others like with lifting yeah. even if they don't want to yeah. be the strongest in the world they just want to yeah. look good oh it's for like, sure that's the best for rewarding sure. feeling for it, sure it's a huge it's a huge psychological reward to see somebody's personality change from going to this point because i think at the end of the day like if you're if you're pretty if you have a pretty good you know 
Moral's pretty good character as a person, then it's very easy to relate to that person because you can kind of go back and remember when you weren't that person. And it's almost like you're reliving that experience through someone else. And I think that's like, you know, I think that's one of the reasons why I do a lot of this stuff is because I can totally relate and like see these changes in people. Um, but yeah, I, I think, um, you know, we've been, I think, uh, I think that's a pretty good note to, to close yeah, things so out on. Where, what's, you know, we talked about what's next for Rare Breed, but what's next for you as a person? Are you going to be competing anytime soon? Yeah. Like, what's um, your plans? I for... definitely want to step back on the platform. I haven't been on the platform since, uh, like last April. I did the U.S. Open and stuff like that. Okay. So you think about doing that again? Yeah. I'm thinking about doing it. Especially you said you're going to do it and stuff like that. Yeah. It's close. It's in my hometown. I mean, it's in Cali, so it's not They got far. a mono now, I think. It's a mono lift Yeah. Meet. I'm still going to walk that bitch out. I'm, I'm, put, I'm putting together a little a little crew to come out with me. I'm trying to recruit some friends to, to be there as the pit crew. Yeah. yeah. You definitely need Roll some deep. help. Yeah. I want, I want some big boys coming with me. Yeah, sir. <laughs> I want all my... Yeah, Dan might be there. Talk to Jordan into coming, yeah. maybe. Do you have a total goal? Um, my best total is eighteen oh four, and I want to just get like eighteen oh four at one eighty one. One eighty one. Okay. Yeah, that's my best total. Um, yeah, I just want to. I just want to obviously be. But I want to like. I don't. To me, that's why I haven't competed because I don't want to go and compete. I know I could beat eighteen four, but I don't want to. I want to blow that shit out the water, dog. You want to do? I want it people when to be like, what yeah. has this guy been doing? Like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? I want. I mean, you're spitting this. I mean, yeah, you want you want you still want to squat in sleeves, but you're spitting distance to a two k total with that deadlift you pulled yesterday yeah. and a solid yeah. training block uh-huh. under your belt. Yeah. You give yourself sixteen weeks of prep, man. I mean, you're looking at the nineteen hundreds. Yeah, I def. That's the goal, man. Definitely nineteen hundred and. Um, I've always said, I remember talking to Chad. I remember it was like, like, I don't know, it's I just have like things that don't go away. But I remember one time we were eating at In-N-Out and I told him, I was like, bro, I'll, is there anyone ever to total like 2K under 200? Like, I think that would be like the sickest thing ever. Like someone totaling 2K under 200. And I think he told me there was like one other guy or like one guy close to it. But that's like my like main goal. I want to, I want to total 2K and be under 200. I think I'm going 198 or something like that. I think you know? I know who did that. It was, he, he's a lifter out of Iowa. Yeah, he goes that, to Anvil. That's what. Um, What's his name? Cody Blazik. Yeah, Cody Blazik. That's Cody him, right? Blazik. Yeah. Uh-huh. He, I, I might need to be fact checked on that, but yeah, I think it's him. I competed deadlift, against him. Deadlifting and stuff. Yeah, deadlifting is that's his Instagram. Yeah, <laughs> he's that no, guy's he, cool as he shit. Knows dog. Tim. Yeah. He was like Tim's first sponsored yeah. athlete out uh, there at the Anvil Gym in Iowa. Tim Holmes, go strong. Okay, super good dude. Dubs coaches him. Yeah, yeah Dubs yeah, coaches him. Yeah, my buddy Justin Dubs. Yeah, I met I met them at the U.S. Open. I met Cody at the U.S. Open last year, and it was, man, it was it was him and some other guy named Chad lifter. Penson. Yeah, yeah, it was it was cool. And it's super humble, like so quiet humble. dude. Like you would never know. It's the Iowa boy. It's the, I. You know what? It's the it's people from the Midwest. Like we were just up with Dan Midwest. Bell a couple Good weeks people. ago, and like. Midwest this dude is in the people. gym about to squat 900 pounds in sleeves, and he's helping everybody, loading everybody's plates. He's the happiest, jolliest fucking dude you could ever be around. <laughs> he's like the salt-to-the-earth lifter, and he's the, he's the best in the world. Yeah, 100% Un- undoubtedly. the best in the world right he to- What did he uh, recently total? Yeah, he, he wasn't happy. He just competed at the showdown. He did like 2,400. Okay, he was going like, for 25? He wanted to break. I think he wanted to set the Eric's. all-time world record in sleeves. I don't think he did it. Okay. I know. I mean, he obviously has the all-time world record in wraps, but he. I think that he just said he was. He was off, and uh, yeah, you know, he had an off meet. Yeah, I think he's got some some competitions coming up, but you know, he's on a tear right now, man. Mm-hmm. That guy is a fucking force. 
yeah, to be reckoned with. There's nothing better. So you you might step back on the platform, the U.S. Open. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely thinking about the U.S. Open, stepping back on the platform. I I like I said, I I love training for something. I'm obviously in that training mode every day. I train the hardest I can train. I even though it's not the most fun right now. Mm-hmm. But I just uh, that like just like you said, you you put that money on the line, you put your own money out of your pocket to do a comp. There's just something in your head that switches like you're yeah, training, like, you're oh, training. I gotta go. I gotta go. Because yeah. I was getting bored. I know. Yeah. That, I know you have to be. I get too. bored too, bro. I get. I get like, man, like I'm not even lifting. Because when you're training, you're like, you're not, tra- you're not maxing out every day. You know, mm-hmm. it's like I have even. I pulled 765 yesterday. I haven't even deadlifted over 700 in probably like four months, five months. And that's probably why you were able to do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, like it was just, it's just crazy. See, even with squats, like I want to put freak. I want to squat 700 in sleeves already, and like I've just been. Doing like 580, three by six, like bench freaking like there's a volume and volume and volume. Uh-huh. So Ooh, three by six. I know. Ugh. So I'm just what re- percentage? What Ugh. percentage is oh, that? Oh, it was like a good like probably it was like RPE. So it was like, but it was it was hard. It was probably like 90 percent, bro. Fuck, I was pushing. That's it. a lot of volume. That's a 90%. lot of weight. Yeah, I was I was pushing it that week, but. Yeah, I definitely want to get back on the platform. I'm so excited. Maybe we'll be on the same meet, buddy. Yeah, I'd really hope so. So, thank you. We really appreciate you bringing. Uh, oh, thanks for coming out, guys. Like, yourself yeah. on that the was, show. Uh, it was a good time. It yeah, was a good time. Appreciate you guys coming. Where can lifting. everybody find you? Yeah. By the way, um, Pitbull Torres on Instagram, and uh, same with YouTube. Mm-hmm. And what about your brand? Uh, RareBreedLife.com. Okay. Check it out on the website. Awesome, man. Thank you so much for coming on. We this was yeah. sweet. This was such a fun week, and I haven't had a lifting day like that. Yeah, it was definitely like worth a it. year. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was a lot of fun. Cool, man. Thanks for having me. Cool. Well, we will uh, We will have to – maybe we'll get you back after you hit that 2,000-pound total. Yes, sir. <laughs> That'll be sick. <laughs> All right, cool. guys. Adios, Thanks. everybody. Thanks for, Thanks for listening. In.